Justin. I'm Maurice, and you're listening to Category Is. What's up, Maurice? How are you doing? Pretty good. How about yourself? I'm great. <laughs> what you been up to? Being busy as always, you know me. <laughs> um, this, this past weekend, I was in the Green Mountain State. Uh, so, um, on lakes and in mountains and stuff, um, I had a meeting with Mr. Sanders. Uh, I had some. <laughs> and Jane. Uh, and Jane? Who's Jane? His wife. Oh, oh, I don't know her. <laughs> uh, uh, she's everywhere. Ate some Ben and Jerry's. Had some cheese. Some good old cheddar. It was cute. And that was pretty much it. Okay. How was your weekend? It was... It was busy in a, like, a not-so-good way. It was um, the most first world of problems. I think I said a couple of weeks ago that my wine fridge <laughs> broke down. You did? And so, yeah, so I had to take it back to Lowe's because um, it was under warranty because we just moved in in, like, what, October? So okay. it was still under warranty. And so I had to, like, spend an afternoon with the wine fridge people and they were like oh we can't do anything so you just have to take it back to where you bought it from and i was like okay so go down to lowe's and you know they have like the social distancing and they have like you know so you have to like wait six feet um apart and so we were like at the front of the store but the line's not Mm -hmm. that long to get in it's just like you have to be so spaced out so by the time we get in like sanitize and you know this is after carrying the the fridge down from like the top level of the oh house getting it in the car driving down there and we wait in line and then we get to the front and the girl's like ain't nothing we could do and i was like i i know <laughs> you just have to exchange it for a new one and you she was like in philly in south philly yeah it sounds like it <laughs> yeah and she was like I mean, uh uh-uh, because I can't give you a new one. I'm like, I'm not not just here to get a new one. I'm here to exchange it because this is what the people told me. She's like, well, we can't do that. We don't do that. And I was like, yes, you do. And she's like, well, give me all the runaround. And then she was like, I don't know why they told you that. And, you know, just make every excuse. And she's like, and Uh I'm going to go on break anyway. So I'm like, okay, but you still need to do your job for the next five minutes. And she was like, well, I can't help you. And so I had to go like full on Karen and ask to speak to the manager. (laughs) Because I wanted my wine fridge. And so Mm -hmm. um, the manager comes out and she was trying to do the same thing. Like, I can't, um, I can't help you, blah, blah, blah. And she was asking me for like all this information that, the other girl told me that um, I didn't need because she couldn't do anything with no. that. Uh-huh. And so anyway, long story short, um, I had to give them like the number that Frigidaire gave me and then get, and then every, after that, everything was fine. So um, they're going sh- <laughs> to they have to ship it out, but it's not going to get here until the week of Labor Day. So like September 7th. Okay. Yeah. But, well, 
I hope that you found an alternative for your wine in the meantime to keep it cool <laughs> and, and, and temperate. I mean, we have a regular fridge. It's just all the way down on the main level. And if we want right. to go up on the roof, then we have, have to, to carry your, your wine with you. Yeah, you got to tote oh. it up all those stairs. And I'm not down for that. So. Oh, first first world. world. <laughs> <laughs> it's so trivial, but, you know. I mean, but it's important to you. It matters. It, it yeah. affects your life. It's, it's real. It really Let's does. not diminish it. Right. It's a struggle. It's a struggle out here. And then after that, I just chilled the rest of the weekend because I needed a break. Yeah. Good. That was it. So what are you drinking any wine this week or what you're drinking? <laughs> <laughs> no, not this week. So in honor of our 100th episode, um, having a champagne-based cocktail. So mm. I'm calling this one a Philly 100, and it's a, uh, my take on a French 75, which is a, um, it's like a lemon-based cocktail. So you do simple syrup, fresh lemon juice. The original recipe has gin, but I don't do gin, so I put vodka. <laughs> I put vodka uh, in mine. Okay. Right. And then I have my favorite, my new favorite um, champagne, which is Mum Napa. Yes, Mum. Cute, cute little mini bottles now. And so I, you float some champagne on top, and that is my Philly 100. I love it. Yes, for our 100th episode. That is so Mm -hmm. cute. You're so clever. You know, I miss doing our drinks in the studio. Like, when we would, like, you know, do our matching drinks. I guess we could have done them during quarantine. But it's just, we actually had a whole bar in the studio. (laughs) We would just make everything. But now it's just different when we're, like, doing it remotely. But Mm -hmm. that sounds really good. I'm It it is really good. Because, you know, I'm a gin drinker. You are. But it's cute with vodka. Cute. So, what are you drinking this week? This week I'm having a beer. Um, Again? No, last week I had a cider. I'm, I'm ex- <laughs> 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 They're different, okay? <laughs> like um, I'm expanding my repertoire into the beers and the hops and all that. But I actually went to this really cool brewery while in Vermont called Foam Brewers. Okay. And this one is called Blossom. And, um, actually tastes really bright and like crisp and like almost like peachy nectarini. It's really tasty. I like it. It's from Burlington, Vermont. Pure beer from Foam Brewer. So it's super tasty. I'm really getting into like craft beer and such. So mm-hmm. I figured I would share that on the podcast because I'm so masked, you know? So masked. <laughs> okay. I don't like beer because <laughs> it gets me bloated. I feel like not flat tummy it gives me like a little mm-hmm. pudge it does a little bit um but it's different than a wine drunk which i'm i'm, I'm finding that as i get older i can't handle liquor like i used to <laughs> you couldn't handle liquor for a while <laughs> just just say it don't I? I could never i could never handle liquor huh? <laughs> But beer, like, kind of gets me there, but I can, like, still keep myself in check and control. And, like, yeah. I don't know. If I'm going to drink 12 ounces of alcohol, I want to be passed out. Because <laughs> 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 that's a lot, of, a lot of liquid. And I have a small bladder, yeah. too. I'm not doing the beer like that. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, 
I don't fault you. You're not a beer guy, but this is this is actually yeah. really really good. I think okay. you would like it. It looks, it looks like I might because it's it's yeah. not I mean, dark. It's, it's it's a pale ale. It's crisp, it's, yeah. I think it's pretty. IPAs are good. IPAs taste like soap to me. You know, how some people say like cilantro tastes like soap. Hey, no. Yeah, lavender. Okay, no. Lavender. Okay, well, yeah, because yeah, I think a lot of soaps are like lavender flavored or scented, mm-hmm. but IPAs taste like soap. There's a soapiness to me. I can't do them. I can do Lagunitas, but that's like, uh, yeah. Oh, awesome! Well, I love your drink idea for our hundredth episode. Yeah. Can believe hundred? Um, not really. It seems like we just started. Exactly, but, but it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. But. I don't know. Well, let's talk to the next segment of the show. It's time for category is. All right. What's the first category this week? The first category this week is our Democratic National Convention recap. <laughs> um, if you guys don't know, the Democratic National Convention is basically a convention where all the delegates from the United States gather, usually pre-COVID, yeah. um, in a convention hall in some city. And it's kind of like, think of it like a pet rally. Basically. Basically. <laughs> and every, you know, for, for the political arena. For, mm-hmm. um, I mean, we do kind of treat our politics like sports in America. So it is for sports. So it's just a big pet rally. Yeah. What happens there is that there's lots of speeches from um, party members and the delegates nominate the presidential nominee. Yeah, the last one um, was in Philadelphia in 2016. It was for Hillary. Yeah, yeah. Did you go? I didn't go, um, but downtown was popping. Very, yes. very popping. Mm-hmm. It brings yeah. a lot of business to the city. Mm-hmm. I saw um, Chelsea Clinton downtown because she was, um, you know, she was here obviously for Hillary, but she was downtown. I don't know if she was giving a speech or something, but she was in the neighborhood, just like walking across the street. And she had like the Secret Service people with her. And then she just like mm-hmm. kind of just waved to the people. She ta- stopped and talked to some people and then kind of just like pumped off. Cute, cute. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy because my boyfriend and I went to um, happy hour last week on Wednesday at Old Bar in Old City. And we were walking past that American. <laughs> what? Nothing, never mind. Go ahead. Ooh, what you about to say? Nothing. <laughs> and we um, walked past the American Revolution Museum. It's over there. Mm-hmm. Like third and chestnut or something and it it's was like, right by oh, sorry it's right by um where pharmacy used to be they closed down the restaurant right right it's yeah. across across from the old also closed little lion thing. yeah that fire <laughs> fucked them up yeah <laughs> but um it was like all these camera crews out there and all these people were like what's going on i was like it must be for the dnc and then it was obama who gave his speech mm-hmm. for that location yeah so that was interesting um so did you watch and what was your take? Yeah, so Michelle Obama spoke, I believe, on Monday, Monday or Tuesday. Was it Monday? Right. I think it was, it was early. She spoke the first night. Okay, so Monday. And first off, they came on way too late for me because it didn't start till nine. The, the televised portion didn't start until nine, which is late. 
late, late, late. And then the headliner didn't come on until like close to 11. So I watched Michelle the next day. But she... Um, I figure most of America don't got jobs. They can stay up late and watch. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But also they're trying to cater to the West Coast as well because they kind of want to catch them at a decent hour because, you know, they are three hours behind. So nine o'clock here is going to be six o'clock there but mm, everybody's home so y'all could have put that on at 4 30 and everything would have been good so yeah so michelle spoke um and it was a nasty speech mama hair looked good she had on this necklace by um this black owned jewelry designer called by sheree and it said boat it was very like a neck (laughs) sheree Oh, yeah. She Bacheret. Nah, girl. Them joggers still ain't coming. But it was kind of um, Meghan Markle-esque because it was like very thin um, chain with like the little small gold letters that spelled out vote. And Mm -hmm. um, Bacheret's website kind of crashed because everybody was trying to get this necklace, especially when they found out that it was a Black-owned company. So I went to the website, but she got all white models listen on this website okay so how i I get that but i mean some black owned companies don't want to front the fact that they're black owned because they might think that that's a detriment but my thing is this girl you could at least incorporate like some multicultural models or 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 some diverse but again i mean that's not here nor there but it's it's it's, it's strategic though yeah it's purposeful but then she changed just the vote necklace is now on a black model. Mm. So, I mean, okay, girl. But Michelle spoke, she gave a very strong cry for people to get out, get registered to vote, and also to vote, um, especially during like, with the whole um, post office mail-in voting thing that's going on. And she broke it down and she said that, you know, if you look at the numbers that Hillary Clinton lost by like, two votes per precinct so not a lot of votes you know it was like they say that eighty thousand votes decided the um the election last time and so she was like listen they're trying everything they can to stop you from vote from voting Mm -hmm. you know just throwing the mailboxes yeah slowing the mail down slowing the mail down it's like so you know you need to go ahead and vote it was a nasty speech i loved it and it was everything I I loved her speech because it wasn't flowery. It wasn't full of a whole bunch of prose. No. It yeah. was just look. This is what it is. She even said it is what it is at one point. She did. I know you hate that saying. She did, like, and I do. It is what it is. But Donald Trump can't do this job. Like she just was shooting from the hip. Not shooting from the hip, but she was just speaking to you real. It was real talk. Yeah. It wasn't a political speech. It, it wasn't. wasn't it won't go down in like one of the most beautiful speeches in history, but it was effective as hell. Yeah. And she even said, she's like, listen, y'all know I do not like politics. She yep. hates it. She said she like, hates just politics. Speaking, you know, as a real woman, if you think it can't get any worse, it can. Oh, it can. Right. It can. And it was a good speech and, and very effective. Very, very effective. Right. I did, did you watch the Hillary speech? I, I did watch the Hillary speech, and Hillary was basically like, you know, don't let, don't let 2016 happen again. And I think, I'm, I think Hillary, she didn't sound too hurt 
but it was more like a cautionary tale. Mm-hmm. Again, similar to what Michelle did. But of course, I think that Hillary's was more political. It was more of a traditional speech. Right. Um, but again, I think that what I found interesting amongst the speeches is that, you know, especially for the politicians, no one's talking about party platform or, no. or, or what they're going to get done. It's just all about, like, stop this man because we can't take it yeah. anymore. Yeah. Um, which yeah. was interesting, you know. The thing, no, go ahead. The thing that got me, the thing that got me about her speech when she said, and it broke my heart, she said people still come up to her to this day and say, I should have voted. I should have voted. And, you know, last time there were so many people who, for whatever reason, decided to stay home or they thought she had it in the bag and, oh, they don't need my vote or, you know, those... Mm -hmm. Bernie Sanders people who chose not to vote, you know, and that's coming from a place of privilege because they had nothing to lose in right. that, you know, a lot right. of, you know, and people, she, hers was, you know, basically a lot of people wish they could have acted in that moment. And they, yeah, didn't. she said, you know, don't let this be another coulda, woulda, shoulda mm-hmm. election because you can't. Yeah, she got that from. <laughs> she got she that, that from, <laughs> from Sister Act 2 when Mama <laughs> said to Lauren Hill, people out there on that corner singing, they shoulda, coulda, woulda. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, singing doesn't pay the bills. Right. But I, th- I think her speech was also pretty effective. I think that mm-hmm. what I do want to know, though, is who are these people that have the gall to go up and tell Hillary that I should have voted for you? Like, if I were Hillary, I'd be like, don't tell me that shit. I would just look at them dumb. Like get the fuck I would give them out a of blank, my face. Thank you. I would give them a blank stare, like, because that's insult to injury. Yeah, yeah. She did win the popular vote. It's just like, who has the gall to go up to Hillary and say, oh, "I should have voted for you." Yeah. But, oh, yeah. Again, um, I didn't watch Bernie's speech just because. Didn't he come I, on during the day? No. He came on, no, he came oh. on like the same night as um. I forget because I didn't watch it. I watched. I watched those Obama speech. He was really mm-hmm. good. I, um, I did watch AOC's speech. Bro, okay. Always on camera, what they call her. Really? I know. Always, her yeah. That. Always really? on camera, cause she is. This bitch was just doing a makeup tutorial for Vogue. For I think it was British Vogue or something. We found out she does like seventy-three questions. She's just trying. To yeah. Be and it was like, girl, don't you got work to do? Like, ain't y'all trying to get the post office some money? <laughs> like, <laughs> girl. She came on real quick. She did her little two-minute viral video because it was, like, perfect mm. for Instagram. 90 seconds. You know, they got a limit, girl. Right. She was in and out. Um, I thought that Kamala's speech was really great. Now, that I, I stayed up for. I did stay up for her. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I didn't stay up for Biden's. Um, I ain't either. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second. We'll talk about that in a second. Yes. Oh my God. I love how she talked about her ancestry, her mother, you know, a five foot five woman, and mm, five feet. Oh, five foot. Yeah, five foot. Mm-hmm. Just, she took us on a story. She gave us yeah. the narrative. She gave us the hope and the dream. And, you know, I think for her, for 
I did think she seemed a little bit nervous in the beginning, but oh, definitely. It's, a, it's a speech of and her also, life, yeah. Like, it's a speech of her life. Um, she went after Obama, who was like one of the best orators of all time, mm-hmm. but she still held her own. She did the thing. And I thought that her speech was really good. Um, I connected to it. She made me feel excited to hear her say, like, you know, talk about Black people as openly as she did in the condition mm-hmm. that Black people live in in this country. For her to talk about police brutality in her speech and to talk about um, social justice reform and police reform, I found to be very encouraging and hopeful. Mm-hmm. I thought that her speech was just really well done. I think it, it was hitting on some of the issues. That was the first time I actually heard about issues mm-hmm. and how she plans to implement change. And um, I was just, I, I'm just so inspired by her. I think she's a marvelous woman. I think she has a lot of excitement, energy that the party needs. Yeah. Now, I will say this. I did not like her choice of outfit. Oh, stop. <laughs> um, I know it seems really, really petty, and I'm not doing this because she's a woman, but I just don't, I mean, aubergine is a nice color, but it's hard for anyone to pull off a double-breasted. It wasn't quite aubergine. It was more like a plum. No, it was was more more like a plum. plum. Yeah, because I think it was strategic in the sense that she didn't want to do black or gray because that's too like austere and like serious. She couldn't do um, like a white because that just comes off as like it adds pounds. And then, like she said in her speech, you know, the suffragists, they associate with wearing the white. Hillary always wears white at political events. Um, but the suffragist movement was, they were white, you know, back in the 1900s, early 1900s. Um, but it was to get white women the vote, you know. And right. so, and it was, on, it was on, I believe, the anniversary of the 19th Amendment, which, um, you know, gave women, white women, the the right to vote so she didn't want to be associated with that and also it makes you look heavier on the camera on camera um biden wore blue and i guess they didn't want to wear be matchy matchy Mm -hmm. and then like a red would have been too much for the eyes so she did like a burgundy ish plum ish um pantsuit and a nasty heel she had on a a good heel she did no kitten heels no kitten heels, which I love about Kamala. She does not wear the kitten heels. Right. But um, but it was good. It was fitted. The pants are fitted nice. The jacket, double-breasted, is really hard to pull off. Like, really, really hard. But hair was laid. Lipstick was was um, ma- kind of matching the outfit, the garments. Um, Mama looked it good. She shouted out HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities, her sorority. Yeah. Howard University, where she graduated from. Um, she gave a shout out to her titties, her um, Indian aunties. Mm-hmm. It was an inspirational speech for the gods. Like it right. connected on so many levels with so many different people because, you know, this was a historic moment, not just for the country, but, you know, also for her. Like she, you know, had to introduce herself to a lot of people. She had to mm-hmm. kind of set the stage for, you know, this is who I am, this is what I bring to the table, and this is how I'm going to change change it. And I think masterclass in speeches. Whoever wrote yeah. this was good. 
was really it was good. A really, it was a really good speech. And I'm, I'm yeah. looking forward to her on the rest of the campaign trail for, what, 71 days left, I think? Like, like 72. I think it's the 72. length of Kim Kardashian's marriage to Chris. Yeah, okay. I, I did see that today. On is that the news today? Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it was <laughs> good. It was, like, really, really, really good. And I think yeah. um, for any of her, like, detractors or people who are doubting her, I think she gave it to them. And those birther comments that people were trying to make, she said, and I was born in Oakland, California. She named the hospital. She should yes. have just gave the address. <laughs> really? And, yeah. And like, go, you know, go check that. Yeah. Check the facts. Yeah. You know, but to me, I mean, it was, it was a historic moment. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, amazing to watch. And it's like, you know, what a time to be alive to actually see this. It was, it gave me the feelings that I had the first time I voted in the presidential election of Obama. Like, I know I'm watching history being made. Right. That was awesome. Mm -hmm. But I did feel kind of, you know, bad because it's like, I would have loved for it to have been a more of a traditional um, DNC convention where there was actually people there. Cause I'm sure if there was a full convention hall full of people, we would have heard a whole bunch of ski <laughs> There would have been so much cheering. I think that yeah. they would have been more lively and had more energy yeah. and she, yeah. she'll never get to do that again, you know, um, well, for the first time. Right, uh, right, right, yeah. <laughs> so, right. Um, you know, some things are lost. It was just her on this uh-huh. big stage, you know, with a few reporters. With and I feel like, yeah. You know, you do miss out on that live interaction, that, that energy. energy. Yeah, yeah. But you know what gave me energy at the end was she played Mary J. Blige. Work that was her song to like yes. to close it out. And Mrs. Yeah. <laughs> Mary, I was expecting Mary to come out and just like awkwardly dance like she does. Dance yeah. it. But the yeah, but it was good. Like even the intro, like it had her sister, her niece, yes. it had um her her stepkids, Doug's kids, um yeah. were on there, and it was everything. She gave me everything. I loved it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What? <laughs> but the um Joe Biden speech. Okay, so I didn't watch it as I stated earlier. Like, you didn't watch um, it at all, or you just didn't watch it on Thursday night? I hadn't watched it at all. Oh, goodbye. Why? Goodbye. Am I a bad uh, American? Yeah. Okay, I'll go YouTube it after we get off um, okay. this call. So, <laughs> I didn't watch it in real time because it was too late for me. Like... It was too late. Like past nine thirty, I'm done. Like my melatonin has kicked in at that point. I didn't take it on on Wednesday night though, because I knew I wanted to stay up for Kamala and Obama. But my melatonin had kicked in. I was like, Uncle Joe, I ain't gonna make it. Uh-huh. I'm gonna holler at you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's exactly what I did. Yeah. And so I went to YouTube Friday morning um, before work, and I watched it. And let me tell you. The bar for Uncle Joe was set really, really low. Like, okay. mm-hmm. really low. And a lot of people were expecting him to, you know, have a gap like he has, say something, you know, 
off the wall or he didn't mean to say or taken out of context. And let me tell you something. They had that teleprompter was scrolling real slow. They had the font up to the max. <laughs> the old man font. <laughs> and Uncle Joe delivered yes. an amazing speech. Like, amazing. Mm-hmm. And it was so presidential. It was so much a contrast of what we have been experiencing the past four years. You know, it was light on policy. Um, It was heavy on the character, which is kind of what we need right now. You know, his his, um, slogan is that we're in a battle for the soul of the nation. And Uncle Joe came through. He had um, his kids, like, introduce him in the video. And so it was um, Hunter and then, what's the girl name? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but it was the girl. And, you know, they were talking about their father. They were also talking about their brother, Bo, who um, is deceased. And then they mm-hmm. let Bo introduce Joe. The so they played like Ashley. a clip. Ashley. So they played a clip of um, Bo speaking about their father. And it was just like, oh, emotional. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was it was a lot. But Uncle Joe delivered like it was it was a good speech. It was probably the best speech I've seen of Uncle Joe. Good. Like, good. ever. That's good. Yeah. We'll have to go watch it. The beginning but, is a little shaky. It's a little shaky, but, you know, he, you know, like I said, he's been waiting for this moment for, like, 30 years. So, mm-hmm. right. you know, he ran for president three times. So to be actually at the point where you're accepting the nomination for the Democratic Party is, like, who wouldn't be nervous? Right. I don't it's know. Like, I, they'd have to have like a body double go up there and do it for me or something. I don't know. Yeah. But that's good. I, I I think that I'm excited. Obviously, I'm voting for this is this is a Biden Harris podcast. If you don't know, <laughs> now you know. We're just making it clear. Um the category is endorses <laughs> Biden Harris ticket. But I think that for me. Um, I will go back and watch his speech, but I already know I'm voting for them, and I am doing so enthusiastically. But mm-hmm. I do feel a lot of connectedness to Kamala because she was my first choice for president. Yeah, yeah. And I do yeah. believe she will be president one day. Yeah, I think so. I think um, 2024 or 28, I think she'll be. For sure. She'll be it. But she will be yeah. vice president first. That's right. So yeah, <laughs> we gotta start somewhere. Yeah, but the um the RNC starts this week Ugh, in Charlotte, North Carolina. Shout out to all my people down there. I got several people down down in, in Charlotte. Yes, yeah. Charlotte's a cute little town. It is. It is. Okay. Um, my, I, mm-hmm. my friend Trina sent me a video today. And um, they were showing the motorcade go up through, get off like the exit and go downtown Charlotte. And I was just like, Ugh. Is Trump even in Charlotte? I thought he was giving his speech from the White House. No, he's there. Then why is he giving his speech from the White House? He might that's fly like back never, to DC. That's, 
that's never been done before, and it's not really. You're not supposed to use so. federal property. Right, you're not supposed for to use property political. for political campaigning purposes. But he just had his brother's funeral at the White right. House. I'm like, <laughs> on, on on American tax dollars, paid yeah. by his brother out there. And yeah. if you find it, they're not releasing the cause of death. I just know his brother died of the COVID. Oh, for sure, for sure. Like, why, why so quiet? Yeah. Well, you know who's not quiet is his their sister because she <laughs> is getting oh, recorded. Yeah, you ain't yes. hear that tape. I, I was actually before we started recording, I was like scarfing down dinner real last, and I heard the oh, tape. Oh, yeah. yeah. We were talking about like his like his test scores when he went to like mm-hmm. Penn and all that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he went to Fordham first, mm-hmm. and somebody took his test um, standardized test for him, and she right. was like, "Yeah," she was just saying how. Um, she was driving him around trying to get him into school or something. And then he ended up getting into Fordham and then, but he never mentions that he went to Fordham for a year. Wow. He only says Penn. To Penn. And then he says Wharton. She's like, you only took a couple classes at, at Wharton, which is the business school. She's like, you didn't graduate from Wharton. Wow. Yeah. I, would, I thought he went to like Wharton School of Business. Why the 38th of Walnut? Yeah. <laughs> She said, no, uh that ain't the case. No, sir. But I'm not going to watch any of the RNC because this is going to be a race baiting. When they said they announced, they announced that those people who were pointing the guns at the Black Lives Matter people are going to be oh, speaking. Yeah, yeah, those lawyers, yeah. Like, come on. I was like, girl. Really? Come on. Talking about how their lives are ruined. Just get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And then the guy who... I guess he's what? Um, who's that black guy who was um, who didn't bring the charges against the Breonna Taylor killers? Oh, the attorney general. Of, yeah. Um, or is it the attorney general of the DA of Louisville, Kentucky? Mm-hmm. Is it, is it the attorney speaking. general of the state or is it the, the DA in Louisville? I don't know. The black guy. He's married that to that motherfucker. Yeah. 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 He looked like Get Out. He looked like he was at the barbecue and Get Out. Yeah. All in a sunken place. Like, how you having an engagement party and ain't no other black people at your engagement party? None. Not even your mama. None. Your mama, your siblings. Nobody. The cook. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. Child. Nobody. I'm gonna soak books. No, they're not speaking. Oh my God. Neither is Candace <laughs> Owens. So the gag is the gag is diamond and, Sil- and what's her name Silky diamond, diamond and silk. <laughs> they got rid of them. They was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, we are done with y'all. The campaign was like, we don't need y'all no more. Y'all are done. Out. Wow. And not Gone. even that good Jude, uh, Candace Owens. You know they don't really all like black women. Mm-hmm. It's Kanye West speaking. <laughs> He is not. Um, (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) So, you know, he got booted off the ballot in, I believe it was Wisconsin or Minnesota, somewhere. Okay. But then in the past few days, he got booted off of like several ballots in several states because like a few of them said that he didn't have like valid signatures because okay. you're only supposed to get like a certain amount of, of signatures to, to be um, to appear on the ballot. And then right. um, did you see the video of the girl who showed up at the office late? 
No. So, on the day of the deadline, I forget what day it was, but, you know, you have until 5 o'clock on that day mm-hmm. to file your paperwork. So, Mama was getting out of her car at 5 o'clock on the dot. <laughs> and she had to get into the building and go up to, like, the fifth, third or fifth floor and, like, go to the office and deliver the paperwork. And she got there at 5.01. And they were like, no, ma'am, no, ma'am not today. And she worked for Kanye. She worked for Kanye's campaign. And they were like, can I be on nope. CPT? Mm-hmm. It's a white girl, too. Uh, <laughs> of course you know he has a white assistant. I, it's like, I thought them cameras be on time. I know I wasn't up the stairs with no Kanye name. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Kanye is, he's on a couple ballots, but the key states, like swing states, he's not on. Um, so not in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Minnesota. I don't believe he's on the ballot in Florida. And I don't believe, um, like, so... But I mean, there are other like third party candidates who are um, on the ballot. So it's like, you know, we can't be mad at Kanye because he's just, you know, he's he has the right to. He's a, over 35. He was born in this country. He's born in America. He could do that. Yeah, he can do that. Because so, you know, so people who are mad at Kanye need to also be mad at those other Green Party and Jill right. Stein people too. So. Right. I get that point. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, it'll be a few weeks, I guess, before we start to have any debates, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, I'm kind of worried about the debates, honestly. Um, so, so who are you worried for? I am more worried for Uncle Joe Same. because I, his debate performance in the primaries wasn't like the most stellar. Um, and, you know, um, the orange person has been painting Joe as like mentally incompetent, not right. all the way there. You know, the cognitive test, blah, 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 the BS that he's been, you know, mm-hmm. putting out. So the orange person, he's not coming to debate. Like, we know that. No. Like he's not coming to talk about anybody's policy. He's not coming to talk mm-hmm. about anything that you know he's directly responsible for that went wrong. He's not coming to do coming that to be the ringleader of the circus. Right. He's coming for a spectacle, a stunt, and a show. And mm-hmm. the same way he was, you know, following Hillary around the stage and like doing stuff just for the spectacle. I think. That's what he'll show up for. Yeah. Look over there. Jedi yeah. Hall. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, he's going to purposely try to trip Uncle Joe up. He's going to try and, you know, just not come to debate. And so the bar is already set really low for um, mm-hmm. the orange person. So even if he gives like two sentences of, of something, people are like, oh, he did really well. But no. No. So I think just the contrast of Uncle Joe, who's probably going to show up really prepared. He's going to have his notes. He's going to have, you know, his policies memorized. 
as best he can because he old. Um, right. But <laughs> Orange Man ain't coming. He's not coming for that. So that's, I'm right. just, I don't think it's yeah. going to be a good situation. Yeah. I don't know. I think that um, Kama's going to hold her on the debates. I think she'll do just fine. But we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I'm excited. I just want, you know, the election to get here so we can just start and get this shit over and done with. Everyone, please, if you can, um, if you have not ordered your, your ballot, order it, fill it out, send it in as soon as possible. Check, let me make sure that it was confirmed. Just like Michelle said, she gave you all that checklist. I know it's hard for folks to follow directions, but we got the beat on it. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, so if you want to tune in to the debates, September 29th is the first presidential debate, the vice mm-hmm. presidential debate um, with Kamala Harris and uh, Mike Pence will be on October 7th. On October 15th, which is my brother's birthday, uh, shout out to him, is going to be the second uh, presidential debate. And then October 22nd is the final presidential debate. They haven't announced any locations for, or maybe they have. Um, But yeah, that's the schedule for the debates. Get your mail-in ballot as soon as you can. Like Justin said, follow all the instructions. Um, mail it back as soon as you get it. Um, you can also drop it off at most local election offices. Um, we'll put down <laughs> in the show notes some um, mail-in ballot rules and regulations. Right. Because did you see that? They put out the numbers for the number of primary ballots that got rejected. It was substantial. Yeah, it was a lot. Um, yeah. The, it's really confusing. As someone who's fairly learned, it took me a little bit to, like, read the ballot. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can't search. You have to, like, if it asks you to bubble in, you need to bubble in. You can't search mm-hmm. Damn, you can't put a can't put an X. Yeah, you can't put an X. You have to like do specifically as the instruction says. If someone assisted you in filling out the ballot, then they need to sign their name. If you need to sign on the envelope, then fold it a certain mm-hmm. way. You have to do that. There's so yeah. many directions that must be followed to a T. If you don't, your ballot will get rejected. So yeah, yeah. Um, it is pretty difficult. Yeah, um, it's not. They don't make it easy. I'll just say that. Which, yeah, it's you know, that's America important. ain't the brightest country in the world. No shade. Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> also, just people aren't going to follow the directions. But it, the, the directions also were not very um, user friendly. It comes with too much paper. Like, too it's much. a lot of the paper and the envelope and the outer envelope and this and that. And then it has the whole thing in instructions. And it was too much. It just needed, like, vote here. Mm-hmm. And they just need to. You know, they need to provide an example, but you have to circle it in. And then that's it. But make sure wherever you are, (laughs) the regulations for, you know, whether it has to be received by election day or can it be postmarked by election day, that's a different thing. Because in with these whole um, postal service slowdowns that we're experiencing now, a lot of ballots are not going to get counted if they are not and have not been received by election day. So, and it varies by state, so that's also confusing. So make sure that, you know, wherever you live, wherever um, your election office is, if you um, 
look on, it should be on, somewhere on the bottom or somewhere in that packet of information. It's going to have a number and you can go on the election um, board website and check if your ballot had been received, if it's been processed, and if it's been counted. If it hasn't, you can also go to the election office and do a provisional vote. Um, it won't double count it. It will just, you know, if your mail-in ballot gets there after your provisional vote, then they'll just throw away the provisional vote. And there's a lot of rules and regulations, but stay informed. Right. Yes. Well, going on from the battle for the White House to the battle known as the Brandy and Monica versus. Yes. <laughs> Are you excited? It's this Saturday, August 22nd, live from the Tyler Perry Studios. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm actually excited about. August 31st, it's Monday. Oh, it's, oh, it is the 31st. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just missed from that. Sorry. Yeah, so Monday, 5 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. Eastern time. 8 p.m. is a respectable time. It's not like the DMC. Respectful, yeah. <laughs> yeah. With drinks sponsored by Ciroc Vodka, which I don't even like Ciroc Vodka. Number one. Me either, but okay. It's... I just don't like all the flavors. Like, just give uh, me vodka. I don't. I don't need like coconut vodka okay. or summer paradise vodka or whatever. But um, I just don't understand why there's the whole femic forward. I know they have that with the Erica Badu Jill Scott one. I guess is it like like to me, the what? Just, remember on Erica Badu and Jill Scott, they were like femic forward. I ain't watch it. And this one says like femic forward. I'm just like, why did you have the separate designation for women artists, like under the well, persons? But that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, I just felt I feel like it's just unnecessary. It's just versus battle. Yeah. But um, so you you team Monica or you team Brandy? Bitch, I'm team Monica. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. I, I am not one of them Brandy gays. I don't understand the gays that call her the vocal Bible. Um, it's rare. And when's the last time you read the Bible? Uh, looked at the Bible, picked the Bible up. Uh, <laughs> right. But Brandy ain't it. Nah, um, nah, not at all. I'm not trying to take care, of, take away from her talent. Brandy's talented, but she ain't that. Don't act like maybe like Brandy's the best singer of all time. Uh, come again. There's lots of people who can vote for her. Shaka Khan, Houston, Mariah Curry, Christina Aguilera. Even. <laughs> but um, well, sure. I am Team Monica. This harkens back to my youth, my adolescence. The boy is mine. When me and my younger sister would sing "The boy is mine," and I would make her <laughs> sing the Brandy part because I was Monica part. I thought that Monica's apartment was cuter than Brandy. It was. <laughs> Hair was cuter than Brandy. <laughs> but um, I think that they are both, you know, respectful in their own right. I think that neither of them made like superstar status, but they're definitely like R and B staples. Their household names mm-hmm. are R and B. They yeah. both contributed a lot to music, um, and some to acting. Uh, but I'm looking forward to this because I think the catalogs will kind of go toe to toe, and um, it'll be a good it'll be a good battle. But I am definitely Team Monica. Yeah, like I don't. Uh, I don't think either one has the catalog. Um, but you know, back in the '90s, it was very much because you know we put the women against each other. It was either Brandon Monica 
you know, who you got. And then when mm-hmm. the Boys of Mine came out, you know, they were, there was already this um, speculation of this feud between the two, the Boys of Mine, right. they're fighting, o- fighting over a man. And it was like, it just added to the rumors that they were feuding about something. Um, but that song was pivotal for both of their careers. It's the only um, Grammy that they, either artist has, was right. for that song, or like for that song. And so um, I've always been team Monica because vocally, I think Monica is stronger in mm. that talent. Um, like I think Christina Aguilera is much stronger vocally than Britney Spears. It was either do you want popularity or do you want talent? And that right. was always the the contrast with those um with those women. But Monica gonna sing her down and Brandy just well, I didn't put out sing though. Cause even from what I've from what I've seen, uh-huh. the last one I did watch admittedly was Jill Scott and Erica Badu. They just play their music and talk about it. And if that's what it is, I don't want I don't I don't want nothing to do with that. No, I want a live concert. That's what I want. Like after mm-hmm. after her versus Erica Badu had a live after show concert that like you could pay and stream. And, like during that. during the one on Instagram, she uh-huh. was just like they were just playing their tracks and then like popping any day of the week. But I'm hoping that because this one's live from the Tyler Perry Studios, that like and you know that queen <laughs> love a show, honey. <laughs> I'm hoping that they like set it up with like their separate rooms and have like the music and dueling because they actually in the studio no. have the capability to do all that. I want them on the stage together, socially distanced, but like sure. running it down from across the stage. Like, okay. bitch, okay, you hit that note, I'm gonna hit this note. Right. Oh, you did that run, catch this run. I want that on the stage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we shall see. August 31st, Monday. Get your tickets. They're free. <laughs> Is it going to stream? I believe so. It's not okay. Apple Music, but we shall see. We shall see. I will watch. I won't. You will watch. Yeah, <laughs> Y'all going to have to tell me about it. Well, well, yeah, I'll tell you about it. All right. Yeah. Well, that wraps up our categories for this week. Anything else you want to discuss? I don't think so. No, that's it. Let's move on to our realness topic. Yes. For the week. Um, so like we said earlier, this is our 100th episode. And, Yay. you know, it's the end of our second season. And it's kind of surreal in the sense that, you know, we're at our 100th episode um, milestone. We did have a lot of things planned and how we were going to, celebrate because it is an accomplishment a lot of um podcasts out there get this far they don't get this far they don't um produce content as consistently um and it's an achievement it's an achievement yeah so i'm proud of us (laughs) what we have done um but yeah we were planning some things that, you know, because of the current health situation, we haven't been able to do. Maybe in the future, we'll be able to do that. But, you know, I just wanted to, um, you know, congratulate ourselves on hitting hitting this milestone. So just a few accomplishments that we've had in the past year. Um, Philadelphia Gay News, they had a, um, a, 
survey to, to, mm-hmm. to for people to kind of nominate or list their favorite podcasts. We were rated the favorite podcast of the Philadelphia Gay News. Yes, yes. Um, we had some speaking engagements. I was at the podcast movement um, Evolutions Festival in Los Angeles, California. Got flewed out to LA yeah. to speak at, <laughs> at that. Um, and it was, it was a really great speech. I had talked about, um, you know, basically overcoming um, any obstacles and using your voice um, to tell your unique story in the way that you can. Um, I was at the Intelligence Speech Conference a few months ago. Right. And they're an awesome organization. They, they um, had me on a couple weeks ago <laughs> as well to talk. Um, and I, I talked about that. But yeah, it was good. Awesome. It's a good experience. Yeah. Yeah. And then we've also been nominated for the podcast awards for favorite podcasts. In the, was it the LGBT? The LGBTQI plus LMNOP category. Yes. <laughs> this is our second year being nominated for that award. We are, have some stiff competition again because these are, you know, like well recognized podcasts. They're also listed in our category. They're sponsored right. by studios, they have huge, you know, followings. But, you know, being a homegrown, home produced podcast out of Philadelphia, it's amazing to, you know, even be in that company. So, right. It's amazing. Amazing yeah, it's, 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 it's an amazing honor just to you know, mm-hmm. again to just be considered. Um, let's but go. We want to win. About, yes. Oh, we do want. We do want to win. We want to um, snatch wigs and snatch trophies. Yes. Yes. We want to do all the things. All the things. Um, <laughs> let's talk about um, some of our personal faves, given that we've sat down from one another, whether it be in the studio or in our respective homes on this computer <laughs> in the 100 episodes. Yeah. Um, that is the feat, as you said. Um, and again, like people, you know, you get the end product, but Maurice and I, you know, we worked really hard to, to do this. And um, there's editing that he does masterfully. There is marketing, there's reaching out to, you know, people to publicize us um there's website building there's <laughs> all types a lot, of things a lot behind the scenes a lot behind the scenes you know yeah. producing all that and um it is an accomplishment but let's take some time to share with our listeners some of our personal favorites um what are your favorite uh either episode or category that we have like discussed on the podcast um you know, my favorite episode that I always go back to is episode 103, which is first, it's first season, but it was like our first episode that we like, not live recorded, but like we recorded it and we released it because, you know, when you pre-launch, you, we recorded a bunch right. and then we kind of dropped them all the same day. But I think that was the episode where we got like our foot in. And that was right. like when we you know, kind of hit it and we, it felt like there was something there. And, you know, it's a lot of people, they kind of go back to that episode. And admittedly, the audio was a little off because like our our mic settings were a little off, but everyone who 
wrote in about the episode, they go and they say that episode was what kind of like hooked them. Yeah. 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 That was episode 103, Judicial Realness. Yeah. <laughs> yes. See, I, I'm honestly, I must say, I look back nostalgically on the first mm-hmm. couple of, the first 10 episodes are kind of like, you know, canon or like kind of like yeah. a capsule collection because I know that I was super nervous the first mm-hmm. couple of episodes we yeah, recorded. Right. To be honest, we didn't know what the hell we were doing. Yeah. We were just talking on and on and on. But I felt like they're the some of the more raw, in real episodes because we literally just were in the apartment shooting the shit talking that's when the episodes would be like an hour and a half hour 45 minutes (laughs) because we would really just be talking like friends but then we kind of i think as we got more experience we started you know knowing more about this industry we kind of refined Mm. ourselves and developed our skills and and refined our segments but i do love those earlier episodes one of the earlier ones that we did, which was still in that first 10, is my one of my personal favorites, episode 109. Next. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, we talked about uh, Victoria's Secrets, uh-huh. not having the trans models and Chick-fil-A, and we had listener letters, and I, I still refer to Adriana Grande as Adriana Grande. Yeah, um, you did. That was super fun. I think like more of like a midway episode that I really loved was also season one. <laughs> um, was 120, The White Princess. <laughs> yeah, like that one. That was a fun one. Yeah. I just remember laughing nonstop on that episode. Yeah, because I was watching that, um, that uh, miniseries or something on stars and then reading that book called the white princess and then right. we just got off on a whole tangent and tangent. it became a moment we're talking rupaul's drag race yeah it was, it was yeah good. it was a moment oh um there was one other episode that i had um i really did love i think that we've also you know we switched it up for our listeners we've done about i want to say maybe four ish interviews i know we did yeah. something with Mm-hmm. Um, Albert Einstein, where we talked about, you know, um, Prep HIV, and HIV Prep awareness. And yeah, that was one of my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, because I felt like, and that, I really like doing that because I felt like, you know, we do have this platform and we do have a, a wide reach to people. And I feel like it's also imperative that we use this platform responsibly, not to just shoot mm-hmm. the shit and talk about nests and, you know, um, current events and pop culture. But to also disseminate information. And that was a really right. good and helpful episode. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we've had um, Idafe Oporo, we've had um, Chad Newton, mm-hmm. we had um, uh, who did the book about hair. Like, we've had different people on. And I really do like those episodes. But one of my favorite episodes was one of our most experimental. It was called Girl in the Corner. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. That was um, definitely put us outside of our comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this was an episode that we recorded in 2019 at Toronto Pride. At Toronto Pride at Church in Wellesley. Yes. And we were out there, man on the street style, with the mic, going up to perfectly like strangers and Crazy, asking them yes. an array of wild, ridiculous questions. Yeah. Um, we might have been um, imbibed, or is that the right word, or under the influence? But I know it made me nervous. 
um, it made for a really interesting episode it to did, record, did, to put together. Yeah. Uh, I remember us sitting in the closet of the Airbnb recording. <laughs> recording episode. And, I mean, and, that's, and that's probably, I think that's our shortest episode, but it's, it was probably one of our funnest to do. That yeah, was it was very fun. It was very fun. A lifetime. Yeah, yeah, I love that episode. <laughs> just, that entire trip was actually just amazing. Like, shout out to Marky in Toronto. Um, Marky who is just an amazing person um and yeah it was it was a fun episode and that experience was hilarious hilarious yeah. <laughs> just, just hilarious just giggles chuckling yeah the entire time, the entire, entire time. Uh, yeah our live again girl in the corners episode 140 yeah so be sure to check that out yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's just just hop on over to is there anything that you kind of regret saying or you wish you know you had the opportunity to kind of elaborate on or you wish you um, had said in the moment but you didn't i honestly thought long and hard on this prompt <laughs> um because as you know, when we first started the podcast, I was really nervous just about, you know, my profession, being very conservative mm-hmm. in the law. And I know that when I drink, I can sometimes say things that are inappropriate. But I was also really nervous about the cancel culture that we live in, where people kind right. of want to, you know, hold some, like, find something that you said 10 years ago. Because, I mean, these will exist on in perpetuity, right? But they might find something that you said 10 years ago when it was perfectly fine and acceptable and okay to say, but the culture and the world has since changed and progressed and looks at something different, but they'll hold something that you said 10 years ago against you um, without taking into context, the context in which it was said, the time in which it was said, and how things have changed. So um, I think that oftentimes I'm really, really nervous and sometimes uh, Maurice rags on me all the time because I use too many words. Uh, I have not mastered (laughs) <laughs> I, have not, I have not mastered the economy of words because I, 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 I always want to make sure that I say everything really specifically that there is no room for confusion and be very clear. Um, but I really thought about this answer and there's nothing that I regret saying okay. at all. Honestly. That's surprising. I, um, there might have been things that I regret how I said it, but nothing, okay. I don't regret anything that I said. I really okay. was like racking my brain for days thinking about this answer. And I can't, I can't say I regret anything that I said. Okay. Hmm. How about you? <laughs> um, so yeah, this actually was pretty recent. So, you know, we were talking about the um, Megan Thee Stallion shooting situation. And, you know, I gave, I gave her a lot and I was, you know, making jokes and because mm-hmm. to me it was funny. You know, I did the whole um, Harlem Nights, Della Reese, shoot my pinky toe off um, right. <laughs> analogy or whatever. But and it was funny to me. But uh, over the weekend, the past few days, whatever, Mama released this video and she was on Instagram Live and she was talking about how, you know, the situation, she gave more details of the situation she was basically saying how you know she didn't tell the whole truth in the beginning because for whatever reason she was trying to protect Mm -hmm. that little short man that shot her 
right. in the hood. And, you know, she's saying how, you know, like uh, George Floyd situation just happened and like police brutality, she didn't want to say that, you know, he had a gun in the car and this is what happened. And then when mm-hmm. she got to the hospital, she didn't want to give like all the information because she didn't know like what the situation was. And basically her, her innate instinct was to protect this man who had just mm-hmm. shot her, like right. committed a crime, major bodily harm to her. You know, like it, the situation could have just gone completely the wrong way. And, you know, initially I made light of her and the situation. I made all kind of jokes about her feet. But Mama is hurt. Like, mm-hmm. there was some pain in that. And I just want to say, you know, yes, yeah, funny. But I apologize for the comments that I made and like I regret how, you know, light I made the situation because right. there was so much so many more layers to that that, you know, she was experiencing and other women, other people experience on the daily and you know, just you know, her being a black woman and her innate feeling like this man just shot me multiple times. But I'm gonna try to protect him. When he harmed me. Yeah. And so, it's it's really deep and you know, just given the state that we're in now and I want, you know, we as black people go through too much already. And I don't wanna add another layer to that and you know, we're in this moment and you know, I just want to apologize. To Megan B. Stallion. I don't even what's her real name. I'm not sure. I don't even know. But girl, you I'm apologizing to you. You looked it different on the video because you had the green, like mermaid color hair, and mm. then you had no makeup on. I was like, girl, you look well, her, like, like a completely different woman. Her real name is Megan Jovan Ruth Pete. <laughs> don't make a joke about her name. Ruth. 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 Megan Jovan Ruth. Oh, girl. Megan, be stallion. You looked good in that Cardi B video. Congrats on your number one. Ten uh, for you. All right. Um, what has been your least favorite category? Oh, um, anytime we have to mention that orange person. Yes. That's that's the least. You know, I'll have to agree. I think that when we kind of started the podcast, I was more into discussing the heavy hitting topics. Mm-hmm. I really like discussing politics. I really like discussing um, things sometimes that they say you're not supposed to discuss. But this is a lifestyle pop culture podcast. It's somewhat mm-hmm. of a comedy podcast. We try to keep it light and bring some levity. And to me, um, a lot has changed since we started the podcast. I always used to watch news, mm-hmm. but I had to stop watching the news just for my own mental health. And I had to stop engaging with that orange thing right. for my own health. We couldn't, I couldn't discuss it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So, but there are certain things that have happened that we would need to discuss and address because it was like a big news story that week. But I always just hated bringing that kind of negative energy and grossness into our show. Yeah. Um, so that I would have to agree with you. Um, 
I will also say as much as I hate talking about the Car Jenner family, um, because everyone knows I'm not a fan of the Kardashians. You're not, uh, but it's okay. And I rag on them. You do. But I will say this. Um, I do think that we've been able to take what a lot of people believe that they bring is just like, you know, um, really surface and light or frivolous commentary and make it deeper. I think that we've been able to have really actually deep um, discussions that are interesting and intellectual about the Kardashians and her family. So I don't think it's all been trash. And I do support, I am liking Kim more and more every day. Well, season 19, or is it 19? The new season comes out pretty soon. Mm -hmm. Like, really, really soon. I think, like, in the next few weeks. So, I don't know what their storyline is going to be. Like, they released some Tristan and Chloe clips, and I was just like, girl, Chloe got a new face. Like, that man still don't want to. Gary. And y'all need to apologize to Jordan Woods. Well, I mean, Jordan Woods, you haven't seen her since The Red Table. But I don't know. Is The Red Table done, by the way? (laughs) It needs to be, because after that last one, I was like... That whole entanglement. (laughs) Entanglement. Uh, A mess. All right. Um, What do you think... uh, What would you like to see for our next season, the third season of Category Is? Um, The third season, I think we're just going to keep getting bigger and expanding our reach and reaching new people, new listeners, mm-hmm. new markets, <laughs> new yes. um, collaborations, I think are going to come up and yeah, we're just going to keep growing and keep building and keep, keep it fun. Yeah. I'm really excited to kind of collaborate more. I think in our, definitely in our first season, we were just kind of getting our footing, kind of establishing mm-hmm. who we were within the podcast space and understanding ourselves. We branched out a bit more, actually a lot more if you think about it during season two. Yeah. Um, but I think, again, it's only going to build, it's going to snowball in season three. I'm excited for the collaborations. I think that we're going to be bringing you a lot of um, more interesting concept, content in new ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we definitely have some things that are going to be in the works in terms of our merch and our branding and you know, our platforms. So that that's going to be exciting. We can't give you all the tea. Yeah, don't but, spill all the tea right now. <laughs> but, He's going to be super, super dope. Yeah. yeah. But I'm really hoping, though, um, is that season three, at some point, we'll be back in the studio. Because I miss our friend time. I miss our in real time recording. We've been, I think, and I'm not saying this, again, just like any other podcast, but as an avid podcast listener, I think that the entire community is kind of taking a hit obviously with COVID, the content isn't the same, especially on a chat cast, which is the style of podcast that we have. Um, But I will say that we have done well with keeping consistent. COVID did not make us lose any episodes and we still kept up our fun, witty banter. You know, we didn't go down to a single person show. We didn't, (laughs) we didn't, we we had some random guy in the background. (laughs) (laughs) We've still been giving you good, good content. So, yeah, it was an excited day in the studio again. Yeah, it was an adjustment, and you know we we made the best of the situation. And you know, like Justin said, we you know we still came to you every week. We still brought you the categories, and you know, in the beginning, we kind of didn't know what we you know how we we're going to do it or what we we're going to do. But you know, we we made it work, and we adjusted, and we 
are so thankful that our listeners are still there sticking with us every single week. So we appreciate you so much. You have no idea. Yes. Yes. I hope that, you know, season three, we can do more in-person things, but we all have to stay healthy and stay safe first, but we're going to keep bringing it to you. We do. We will. Awesome. Any last words, Maurice, before we end season two? (laughs) (laughs) No, I like, again, just want to thank everybody who's ever listened to a single second of category is, you know, we try to bring you, you know, our, unfiltered thoughts and opinions every week we like to hear from you we love getting feedback and you know when people say that you know we sound like two of their friends and they're just sitting in the in the living room with us as we just you know shoot the shit about what went on in the week so that's it's just really 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 important to us and we just really appreciate um you know everyone like i said staying with us every single week so Stay tuned. We're going to bring you more and more and more in season three. Yes. Well, thank you guys for joining us so much. Um, it's been 100 so strong. We can't wait for the next 100. Um, we'll be back, right, on September 16th. We'll do our, three, our little three-week hiatus. Yeah, we'll do a little quick, very brief hiatus. Um, stay very tuned brief. to our social media. At Category is Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Check our website, www.categoryispod.com for all kinds of updates there. And we'll be back before you know it. We'll be back before you know it in season three. Thanks so much, guys. 100 shows strong. Woo! (laughs) Bye. All right. All right. Thank you for listening to Category Is. Be sure to like, rate, and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all things social media at Category is Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can contact us at CategoryIsPod at gmail.com. Check us out on the web at CategoryIsPod.com. <laughs>